So here we are at episode four of Careering Out of Control with, with me, Will Rowe, and we leave behind the the dulcet tones of Leslie Crook for the lilting Scottish brogue of, of Gregor Sutty. Gregor is a Microsoft MVP for Azure. He is an extensive blogger. He blogs at gregorsutty.com, co-runs the Glasgow Azure user group. He's very active on Twitter, very active on LinkedIn, uh, and he's also written a load of study guides, which you can find uh, fairly easily for, for the Microsoft uh, AZ certifications and, and a variety of other ones. Hope you enjoy listening here on the Careering Out of Control podcast. Hi, Gregor, and welcome to the Careering Out of Control podcast. Uh, we are, uh, oh, I am absolutely over the moon to have you uh, have you on, on the show. So thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, to, 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 to come and talk to us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Looking forward to this. Should be good fun. Excellent. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, do you want to uh, tell us about a bit about sort of who you are, what you do for, for the people who may not know who you are already? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so my name is Gregor Sutty. Uh, I live near Glasgow in Scotland, just a little bit to the east of Glasgow. Um, so my background is I have about 24 years experience in IT, uh, mainly as a developer, and I've got some back uh, DevOps background as well. And I've been working in the Microsoft space since day one, really. Um, I'm currently an Azure architect for a company called Intercept, who are based in the Netherlands. I've been there just over two months. Um, I also help organize the Glasgow Azure User Group. I also run the Azure Global Bootcamp, the Glasgow edition. Uh, I also blog quite a lot on Azure. Um, that's my blog's at gregorcity.com. I am a Microsoft Azure MVP and a Microsoft Certified Trainer, and I kind of like getting involved in the Azure community. So that's a bit about my background and who I am. How do you have time to uh, do anything beyond, you know, with, with all those things? <laughs> I get asked that quite a lot. Um, previous roles weren't so demanding. This new role's um, very demanding. So it's been a, bit of, been a bit difficult of late. I've not really blogged much recently. Um, I'm not on Twitter as much as it used to be. Some people say I'm on it too too long anyway. Uh, so yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle recently, but just got to try and put, put the hours in. So spending kind of long days doing my job and trying to fill it in at night as well. But I just love giving back to the community and kind of taking part in these events. So I'll find time. I always try and find time. So yeah, you just got to be disciplined, I guess. I think sleep's overrated. As well, yeah, well, that, really, this is true. You know, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get much of it anyway. So <laughs> I'm living on four, four hours of sleep a week at the moment. Uh, I think, sorry, so it's not too bad. That's why God invented caffeine. You know, it, exactly. it really is. You know, so <clears throat> so so tell us a bit about how you got to sort of where you are today mm -hmm. uh, from from yeah. a career perspective. Yeah, so when I left school, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. I mean, that's a bit of a cliche, but I really didn't have a clue. Uh, one of my one of my good friends at school said, "Why don't we go and do an HNC, which is like a college course?" Uh, so I did that. Um, I quite enjoyed that actually. So I kind of I, did, I always liked computing at school, but I wasn't really great at computing at school, if I'm honest. Uh, so I did an HNC, and that leads on to an HND. So that's two years of college. So I did that at Cobridge College. Um, I did quite well during that time. Um, got a couple of jobs while I was at college. My college lecturer put me forward for some jobs, and it really started from there. Um, so after the HND, I was kind of doing part-time work, to be honest. After my HND, my friend, the same guy, basically said, you can do a one-year degree in 
uh, information technology at Paisley University. So obviously I got a degree in one year and some of that was coding, some of that was kind of uh, media technology type stuff. So I did that. Um, I left there and I got my very first job in Stirling as a junior developer. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had no experience whatsoever. Um, and I was really lucky that there was a, a really nice lady there who was the senior dev at the time. And she took me under her, under her wing and basically showed me the ropes for the next two to three years. So I started in Microsoft technology back in, uh, I think it was TV and, and Com Plus and things like that. So that's kind of where I started. And I just went from there. Um, I did that job for three years, loved it. It was quite difficult to travel, though. I had to get like two buses and a train just to get to Stirling every day. So that was long days, but I was learning, so that didn't really bother me at all. And then I moved to Glasgow and got a job doing uh, just development again, kind of more ASP, kind of moving up the stack as the stack kind of grew. Um, and just doing uh, development jobs from then on. And in my last role, I moved up to be a development team manager, which was Exciting! That was the first time I've ever done a management role, mm. so that was that was good. That was fun. Um, I quite like managing folk, believe it or not. But I was a little less hands-on. I'm still hands-on, but a little less hands-on. And then recently, I've just moved to become an Azure Architect at Intercept, which is what I want really wanted to do. Um, I am now doing Azure every day, so that's currently where I am. So yeah, it's been quite a journey. Lots of different roles, lots of different skill sets. I've been a developer, a tester. Scrum master, yeah, I've done a number of roles. So, yeah, and now I'm an Azure architect. So that's kind of where I wanted to be. And, and did you have, a, 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 I guess, a plan of how you of, of where you wanted to go in terms of a career plan? No, to be honest, I didn't. I just, I just wanted to do development. I really love development. Um, there's nothing like sitting with your earphones on and coding away all day, as, as the developers who listen to this show will know. I really love writing code. So I just started doing that, and then I just kind of moved on and looked for new jobs with kind of more challenges. I'm always someone who's looking after, sorry, looking for a new challenge. So I just did that, and I just kind of learned the new technologies as they come out. I'm always keen on trying to keep abreast of what's new and what's coming. So I kind of did that and just worked my way up as through time, basically. So, yeah, I don't, I've never really had a career plan. I've always been uh, Microsoft tech-focused, though. Um, so just keeping an eye on skills and if the current job wasn't really fulfilling my ambition or giving me what I wanted to learn, then I would literally just look for a new job and move on. I mean, I've only had five jobs in 24 years, so it's not like I've, I've bounced around quite a lot. No. Um, no, I was 11 years in the one job and that was as a consultant. That was doing lots of different things. So no, never really had a career plan, which sounds bizarre, but yeah, just in the middle of a job, thought, right, I would quite like to go and do this next thing and then move on from there. Do, do you know, I, I don't, I'm not surprised though, because it is very difficult to actually have a career plan of any sort, you know, yeah. really, especially in technology, because yeah. it's always changing and it's always updating. And, and, exactly. you know, no matter how, who would have thought this year would be, you know, we'd be sitting, sitting this year. Exactly. Uh, who yeah. saw this, you know, you know, Two years ago, that the, that the whole of 2020 would basically be be as it is, um, and how do you factor that into a career plan? So, so no, I'm 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 really not not surprised, but I think it is, yeah, it's it's I think it's testament to the fact that that you've adapted over that period yes. of time. Yes, I'm very good at adapting. Um, I do set myself goals, though. I mean, I do have goals. So when I've been doing, I've been working on a job that I've kind of not liked. I've maybe seen a technology. I thought, oh, that looks interesting. I might go and kind of look into that. 
And I've kind of looked into that in my spare time and thought, oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind working with that day to day and kind of kind of went after that. So even within the 24 years, I've been a developer, I've done DevOps, I've done database stuff. I've just kind of looked at a technology and kind of moved on from there. So not really had not really had a plan, but always had sort of goals of things I want to learn and kind of focus on. And that's where I've ended up doing Azure, basically. So then how important is it for you personally to have a, a I guess, a mindset for learning throughout throughout your career? Uh, I would say it's probably the number one thing. Um, it's got to be right up there. You need to have an open mindset. You need to enjoy a new challenge. And you have to want to learn. A lot of people kind of like sitting in their job and doing kind of doing their day-to-day tasks. I'm not really like that. I, I kind of have always had a desire to learn new skills. Because I think with learning new skills, you have limit, limitless opportunities. So I've always had a mindset for learning. Um, I'm 44 this weekend, and I still got up each day wanting to learn new things. I'm very passionate about learning new things. And it's not the new shiny things. It's just technology, learning technologies that will help me in my career and help me do my job better, which is the number one reason why I why I get up. I want to learn new things. And, um yeah, I've left previous jobs due to getting to a point in time where I felt my learning was stagnating and I wanted to learn more. Um, so I'm a bit of a sponge. I like, I like learning stuff. Um, so, yeah, a mindset for learning is, is key, I think. You've got to be open to learning new things. And is that – and who do you think is, I guess – Whose, whose responsibility is it? Do you think it's an employer's responsibility to keep you learning, or do you think it's your responsibility? To... It depends, really. So, yeah, it's a very good question. I think in some jobs I've had the employer basically saying, can you can you look at this? Can you can you keep abreast of technology? But it's something that I've just always done. I think it's more on the individual that, that rather than the employee, the employer, sorry. Uh, depending on where you work, some, some employers, you just have to do your day, day-to-day tasks and kind of work on stuff, but... I always think if you can learn new technologies, you might have a better way of doing it. So I think the importance is basically on the individual. Definitely on the individual. I've always taken it upon myself to go and learn learn new skills. Um just just to make my job easier and more enjoyable, I think. I, I enjoy learning. You 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 blog a great deal. And that was you know, I I, I was completely unaware of, of you up until about 18 months, two years ago, probably. Um and then suddenly you kind of exploded onto the the community scene with your blogs um, and uh, study guides for the AZ certifications that you were blogging about. Um, how important is blogging to you? And and I guess why do you why did you start actually doing that? Because not everybody writes a blog, um, and yet it's often cited as one of the more important things in. In the tech, you know, from a knowledge perspective, you know, mm-hmm. pe- people are always reading, talking about, and, and sort of commenting on. Yeah, so I started blogging for kind of one reason. I, I have a knack for fixing things. You can sit me down in front of a bit of software that I've never seen before that's got a problem, and I have a knack of fixing it. I don't know where I got that from. I've just always been good. I'm not like, I can't build build things and, and build PCs and do all that kind of stuff. I'm not great at that, but I have a knack for fixing things. So what I found during my career, mainly back in the day, really, was um, I would Google try and find the problem and, and not come across the problem. So if I ever came across a problem that I couldn't find the answer on Google, just like what everyone does, you kind of Google it and see, has anyone came across this problem already? Actually, kind of first protocol. 
And then if I didn't find it, I would blog it. So I decided to start a blog and think, you know, someone I always was told by a previous manager, think of the next person coming behind you. So if someone someone has this problem and you've already fixed it, then write a blog. So I used to blog about all the things I would come across um, during my career that I would fix. And I would basically say, here's the solution and how you go and fix it. Because I've been there when you're trying to fix something and you can't find the answer. Um, and if you do find the answer, I think it's a little bit of responsibility on you to blog it and give back to the community, really. Um, mm. Yeah, and just blog that. So when I started doing my Azure journey, I started learning Azure. And as you know, Azure's enormous. It's ridiculous uh, the amount of things you need to learn. Yeah. So when I started, I thought I started trying to look at Microsoft Learn and the docs, and I, I was kind of a bit aimless. I wasn't really sure how to go about it. So I thought to myself, right, maybe if I start looking at the exams that are coming out and read up on that, that'll give me a focus. So I think focus is an important thing when you're kind of trying to learn something. So I basically started learning the, the content for the exams and I thought, oh, you know, this might be useful for someone else. So what you tend to do when you're doing an Azure exam is they give you a PDF of all the, the skills they're going to test you on. So I took it upon myself for like the, the first exam I did was the administrator exam. I wrote a blog post. I took the, the, the knowledge, the bits that they're going to ask you, and basically put that into a blog post. And I went off and looked up links within like Microsoft Docs and people's blogs. And basically just put a link under each each uh, learning bit so that people could, could come along behind me. Um, if they were going to do the same exam, they could look at my blog post and have a resource that's pretty useful for helping learn the, the subject material. So that's kind of how I got started. And my blog really took off then. Um, I was quite amazed. I think I don't know the figures, but I got some really good numbers and hits. And it wasn't really about hits. It was about helping people. And I had a lot of people say, thanks very much for the study guides. So I've tried to keep them going. I can't. I haven't always done that. But the last couple of exams, I've, I've, I've still written some blog posts on study guides for that. Um, and I think that's quite important. Um, to just to just blog and help people. Uh, that's the main reason why I started blogging, to give back to, to people who might be on the same journey as me. And if they have been very popular, I must say. It's just been great. And and how important do you think that element has been to, to your career progression then? Um, I think, well, I added my blog to like um, Feedspot, which was like the top 50 Azure blog. So that was good. That got picked up by that. Um, and social media, it was good for social media. So I started basically just tweeting out that I have put a study guide up for a new exam that's come out. So when the exam was in beta, I would create the um, study guide, create the blog post and put it out there. And I've, it's been it's been really, really good. I've had a lot of people say thanks for doing that. It's been really helpful. Um, so I'm actually studying for an exam tonight and I have done that. I have looked up, I've Googled for study guides for the, I'm doing the AI fundamentals tonight. So I've basically did what I was hoping people would do, go into Google, look for a study guide for it, and people have already written study guides. So it's been really helpful for me to go and look at that and get the information that I need quickly so that I don't have to look up every individual link and spend hours and hours and hours um, looking for that information. So I, I kind of did that up front in my blog post for people just to try and help them. We talked about the um, the the five things that I think people can do to kind of you know take control of their career and, and and move it forwards. There was definitely there was definitely a moment I think when we've spoken previously about where you kind of went you decided on what you wanted to do you set that goal and then you went the extra mile 
around your learning and, and it was a kind of a commitment to it. Could you want to tell us a bit about about that? Because it, to me, that seemed to be the, the sort of the step change yeah. for you. So, I don't know if you yeah. agree with that. Yeah, no, totally. I can, I can remember it well. So I was working for a large bank in Glasgow and I was working on a, it was kind of, it was kind of like a, a big project. So it was the one, just one large project, day in, day out. So that's referred to like a feature factory. So it was week in, week out, doing the same sort of stuff, bug fix and, and new features. Uh, and I wouldn't say it was boring, but it wasn't really fulfilling my ambition to learn. I was kind of doing the same sort of thing week in, week out. And other teams were talking internally about cloud and they were building their own internal private cloud. Um, and that was, it was something I was interested in learning was the cloud, but the internal cloud thing where I was working just wasn't really interesting to me. Um, so, so I decided I'm going to take it upon myself to learn some cloud skills. I had a look at AWS, I had a look at Azure, and I had a look at, well, I had a look at those two, to be honest. And two reasons why I chose Azure. One is um, I think AWS is poorly named, so some of the resources and things like that are quite difficult. You need to kind of look into what they mean and what they are. And I found Azure was really, for, for any developer, Azure is really easy to get up and running and figure out what things are really quickly. That and the fact that I had a Microsoft background for 20 plus years was the main reason why I chose Azure. So I took it upon myself to try and learn Azure. And that's kind of the kind of key moment where I decided to try to level up my career, basically. I think that was the moment in time where I decided to do that. And I'd had a look around. I started off a little bit aimlessly. I started looking at the Microsoft Docs, as I said before. And then at that, just at that point, I was really lucky. The, uh, the first Azure exams were in beta, and I was keeping an eye on things like that. And I basically decided, right, I'm going to have a look at these exams because that will focus my skills. Um, that will focus my attention on learning this stuff. So I decided to book the the Azure Administrator exam beta. Um, and I had been studying for like three months. And I took the exam and I failed it, <laughs> which is quite, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, there was no study guides at that point. That was kind of the reason why I wrote study guides. So I took the exam and failed it. I failed it by like two questions. And I, I didn't get downhearted by that because I'd realized, I sat back and realized, hang on a minute, I've learned a lot of stuff. I've came quite a long way in three or four months. Um, the interesting thing was the, the exam had two parts and the second part was two weeks later. And I also failed that exam. So I didn't really get my Azure learning off to a great start. But I'm, I realized that, yeah, well, wasn't the best. But yeah, I don't get downhearted if I fail an exam. Mate, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. I got like halfway through the AZ900 certification and, and then just was like, no, this is this is way over my head. So, you know, you know I, I feel your pain, Gregor. It's not the same yeah. level, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, the interesting part was it was kind of administration and I was a developer. So it wasn't really my skill set. It wasn't really, it was more for like uh, server people, ops people. Mm. Um, but that was fine. I failed exams, but I had learned a lot. Um, and I went on to pass, I think I passed like 13 exams now. So I, I learned from that that I, what I learned from that was I hadn't planned properly. I didn't have a plan for studying for the exams. I, was, I wasn't doing hands on. I was literally just reading the docs. Uh, that's really all they had at that point. Now there's right. study guides and stuff like that. So that's the main reason why I did the study guides. But yeah, interesting that um, I failed the first two exams. Poor planning and poor, poor preparation were the main reasons for that, to be honest. Yeah. And and you you decided that you were going to study for two hours a night, every night. Yes. So not everyone how long could do that. that. No, no, because of, you know, life and stuff. Yes. But how, 
How long did that go on for then? That went on from November 2017 to about March. Just, just for the first exam, I literally studied two hours a night, just trying to get the basics. So at that point, even the Azure fundamentals weren't out. So I was trying to learn the fundamentals of like the very, very basics, like from, mm. from day one to like, how do you log into Azure? How do you create an account? Is it free? What does it cost? Do I need to worry about setting things up, costing me money? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I had to kind of learn. So I started with that. But yes, I put two hours aside. I actually gave away my Xbox. So I had an Xbox that I used to play religiously three, four hours a night. And I literally gave it to someone I used to, I used to work with and said, here, take that. I have, I didn't actually tell them why. I just said, look, I don't really want to be doing this anymore. Um, and not everyone can say I have, I have, I have no need for this. Yes. Yes. Well, I knew if I started studying, I would get I would get sidetracked and go and play with my Xbox. So, and I really, really wanted to focus on learning something because I knew Azure was going to be big. I knew the cloud was was basically where everyone's headed eventually, or even moving towards. Um, so I wanted to do that, and I took it upon myself to do that. So I was still working in the in the bank. They were doing their own thing, and I was learning Azure in the background, setting exams and passing exams, which was which was cool. I really enjoyed sitting exams. And once you pass your first exam, it was like a just like a buzz. It was like an adrenaline rush. Um, and then I set myself the goal of doing the Azure architect exams, which is like all of Azure. You can get asked pretty much anything in Azure. And I thought, that's a long-term goal. So I set myself some goals, some shorter-term goals, but some longer-term goals. And then the following probably year, I think I passed every exam I sat, which was amazing. No, absolutely. And do you, you know, we, we talk about training and certifications and, and, and that sort of thing, but do you think that the timing of what you were going into, um, given that, you know, as you was really starting to, to pick up and take off uh, a couple of years back, mm-hmm. um, do you think that, that, that that's important as well to, yeah. to I guess, yeah. your success? Kind of picking the right horse at the right time. Yes, I think I was. I was. I was really lucky. I mean, I, I was unlucky with the fact that I started two exams without any study guides or anything like that. But that was fine. I didn't really bother about that. But yeah, I think I had good timing. Azure was taken off. The exams came out just as the time that I was learning Azure. So that was pretty lucky, to be honest. Um, there were beta exams, so I started the beta exams and then moved on to other exams. But yeah, I think the timing. The timing is important. I mean, I look, I look now and I see things like. Um, AI taking off, and I, I think to myself when I'm sitting studying for this exam, um, that if I wasn't doing Azure, I would probably want to get into AI, maybe even AI in, in Azure. So timing is definitely important. That's why it's important to keep an eye on trends. Um, I mean, back in the day, I was learning front-end skills. I was learning React and, and Angular when they came out, and I had they were just coming out, so I was learning that. So yeah, basically what I'm saying is timing is, is definitely key. You need to get on it at the right time, without a doubt. Yeah, and I, and I think that 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 is that that's one of the more important things is not getting into something too early, yeah, but not getting into something too late. Mm-hmm. I would well. agree because if yeah. you're the first one in, it's it you know it, it's a real challenge. Yeah, I mean um, things like when I remember when Blazor first came out. Um, what I tend what I normally do is I wait for a little while. But, um, I've seen people burnt by learning something like. Um, some some things have come out and then not really lasted very long, so it's good to keep an eye on all the things that are coming out if you can. Obviously, that's not straightforward, but keep an eye on things that are trending and, and gaining momentum. So things like Blazor, Blazors came out and a lot of people were playing about it, 
and I didn't have the tooling. I didn't have any learning routine material to begin with, or very little. So some people started cutting their teeth on uh, the bleeding edge, as they call it. And, and sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. It can leave you a bad taste in the mouth if it's if it's tricky. So I always, as you said, I always wait till something's been out for a wee while and then have a look at it. I think that's important as well. How how important do you think social media and, and things like LinkedIn and Twitter are in from a career perspective? Um, for me, it's been key, to be honest. I think it's actually underrated. I use social media a lot, as you might know. Um, yeah. it's, it's helped my career enormously, <clears throat> even in a number of ways. I'll give you one example. Um, when I started blogging about the exams, one of the Azure advocates in the UK, a guy called Dean Bryan, reached out to me and said, um, I'm loving all the, the stuff you're doing, loving the fact that you're learning Azure and you're so passionate about it. Would you like to come and meet Scott Guthrie for an Ask Me Anything session? So he's like the the kind of CEO of Azure. Um, he's the guy that the kind of top in charge of Azure. And he was coming over to the Microsoft, the UK. Would you like to come down and meet him and sit around the table and ask him questions? So, and that all came through Twitter. That was like a DM from, from Dean Bryan. And I was like, wow. So I think it's very important. The other thing it's important for is finding people who are like-minded. It's like, it's like a tribe. You can find all the other people who are learning Azure at the same time. So I started the kind of Twitter hashtag of hashtag Azure family because I had seen people doing like SQL family and PowerShell family and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, right, let's start Azure, hashtag Azure family. Let's try and, I would try and find everyone in, on Twitter who was doing Azure stuff. I'm, I went out of my way to find everyone that I could from Microsoft who was working with Azure and follow them. Um, yeah, that and the, the project managers, the the engineering teams, I actually went out of my way to try and find these people on LinkedIn. And so I use social media a lot for that. And it, it's been hugely beneficial for my career. I've actually found my last two jobs from social media. Now, not everyone likes Twitter, but for our kind of line of work, I think it's, it's, it's you just have to be on it. It's amazing for, as I said, finding your people, finding the information out, things that are coming out that people are working on, side projects. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely key in my mind. There, there is a massive tech community on Twitter. There is. Um, you know, I think I think LinkedIn because of because everybody's on it mm. generally. You know, it, it, it's more difficult to to I guess assign people to that community yeah. thing in in the same way. But but certainly on Twitter, there are. I mean, you're up to what eight thousand followers mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and as one of them, you know, you are welcome. Uh, the, um, but it is, it is a, it's a phenomenal resource as well for learning. As, I always think. I, I think to be honest, it's my favorite resource. I can spend five minutes on Twitter and find 50 new things. It's that good because I follow people in my kind of line of business. Uh, I follow all the Azure people. My Twitter feed is literally 95% Azure stuff. Um, I do follow one or two other people, like most people do, but I think it's underrated. I really do. Um, and I always tell people, follow as many people as you can. So if you're like a, say you're a software tester, you can go and find other software testers who are writing blogs, who are doing study guides or, or whatever, and you'll, you'll find like-minded people. You can you can meet up with them in real life at conferences, et cetera. It, it's so, so valuable. It's, I can't can't stress how valuable I think it is. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And um. I think certainly in these COVID times, the face-to-face -face elements that you would frequently get during 
user groups, meetups, conferences, you know, all that kind of stuff isn't there at the moment. So actually having something which is a bit more virtual is is a, is a, is, a, is a wonderful thing um and i think it, it, you know people then won't feel quite so isolated if they're in the midst of trying to learn something new um you know there's always somebody that you can reach out and talk to yeah due to due to covid as well there's obviously been a lot of user groups online so i've yeah. I've, I've managed to speak at user groups that i would never ever be, be able to go to things like in you know i did a sql server talk about a month ago in new england and america and that just wouldn't be possible and that's just from people following me on Twitter and seeing that I've done I've done some talks where I'm giving back to the community about learning Azure, finding all the good resources that I found and sharing them. So I think it's all about learning and sharing for me on Twitter. You, you've kind of got two hats that you wear. You've got the community one <clears throat> and you've got the one that you get paid for yeah. as well, you know, in terms of the two roles. Um, how for you, how do they actually relate to each other? Um, so, yeah, in the past, I've had more time in the evenings to create content. Um, with my new job, it's been a little bit busier, but that's fine. I'll never complain when I'm learning new stuff. I'm learning new Azure things day in, day out. So, yeah, I mean, even in previous jobs, I've been able to share what I've learned from doing things at night and in the community. I've asked people who I've worked with to come to community events, and they've came along and enjoyed it and learned some stuff. So that's, that's great. Um, I spend a lot of time doing community stuff. I just like giving back. It's not for a personal ego or anything like that. I just like helping people. I've had a number of people reach out and say, "Can you help me with this?" And I'm more than more than help more than happy to help people. I would say I help probably five six people a night, but I don't mind doing that. Um, it does drain you a little bit after a long day at work, but I'm more than happy to help people. Um, and I think it's great giving back and and other people being able to learn from from your from your learnings basically. And where do you, you know, given that we're all working at home, or lots of us working at home at the moment, where do you, where do you sort of see your work-life balance coming into that, you know, career planning, or, um, you know, kind of going the extra mile, yeah, thing, so, you know, because because obviously, if you've got a family, you've got kids, you've got commitments and that sort of stuff, that kind of has to take, yeah take precedence at times. Yeah. So I'm quite lucky. I'm a single guy, so <laughs> I don't really have kids. I don't have uh, – I'm lucky that I have time to do this. Now, a lot of people don't have time to do this. Um, you had an Xbox, Greg. Yeah. You had an I, Xbox. I, I did, but, I did, you know I did, what I mean? I divorced that. <laughs> she was a fickle mistress. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, it's a good, very good question. A lot of people just do their – it sounds bad when you say they just do their 9 to 5, but I think no problem with that. Well, a lot of people have got other commitments, so it, it's a choice, really. If you have time, you can. I always think if you if you want to do it, you'll make you'll make time. Um, but it is important to have a balance. So most the last few weekends at work, I've basically just switched my laptop off and then and went play golf and and went shopping and stuff like that. I've just not turned the laptop on because in previous weeks I've been doing silly hours and kind of trying to keep up the community stuff at night. So it's very, very important. You don't want to get burnt out. Burnout is a real thing. Um, even in my new job, I've started two months. There's been a couple of weeks where I'm like, I can feel I've done too much here. and I need to just have some time off. So maybe I'll, I'll go and play golf in the morning and then just chill out the rest of the day, watch telly. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very important. Not everyone can put two hours aside. You don't have to put two hours aside, but if you want to learn something, you kind of have to make the effort if you, if you can. Put some time aside somehow. Whether it's 
before COVID, you were writing a book, or you were writing your book when you were on the train. Maybe you can read a book mm. while you were doing that. Obviously, times have changed, and that's not a thing anymore. But even if you can, sometimes at lunchtime, I'll watch some YouTube videos while I'm sitting having lunch. I know that's quite sad, but that's kind of, that's just me. I want to learn new things and try and make life easier in my job. So it's very important to have a work-life balance. Very, very important indeed. So I've, um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm something of a, an anomaly in the recruitment world in that uh, that I'm, st- I'm still doing it. And I uh, don't know if that's a sad thing or not. Um, but, you know, I've, I've personally been through times when I've just, you know, you, you, you do burn yourself out. You work hard. You, you work. It's Life is stressful. Times are stressful. And then, you know, I think there's been more acknowledgement of of mental health in the last couple of years than 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 I've seen in in the the sort of the yeah. the eighteen or twenty years previous to that, and I think I think that that's a very healthy thing um, yeah. for people to to start talking about it. But I also you know I also know that you know from personal experience that if if that sometimes you have to sacrifice to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that entirely. You just need to you, you, you kind of need to know when you're feeling a bit run down. What I see a lot of now is, um, well, one thing I've noticed is working from home full time. I spend far too much time in front of the laptop, so I need to keep an eye on that as well. And there are there are tools you can use and then things you can learn about not spending too much time in front of your computer. But yeah, it's de- definitely harder now. But yeah, you just need to keep an eye on what you're doing and make sure you're not doing too much. But it is easy to do too much these days because you are sitting in front of the computer a lot more. Hmm. But you don't have the travel. So you would normally travel to work in the morning. You would go out for your lunch with your friends and then you would, you would come home and then have your dinner and then sit and watch telly. A lot of that time you've got freed up now. But it's important to still have still have hobbies, still get out at the weekend, get some fresh air. So one thing that I've really struggled from of when I started my new job is not getting fresh air and going out for a walk. So I've started like booking an hour for my lunch and going for a walk. So yeah, it's, you have to be you have to be careful. That's for sure. Joe, so I am um, I'm someone that, that I I absolutely love uh, walking. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's yeah. getting out into the countryside, and you know, I'm, I'm really lucky in that I live quite you know very rurally at the moment, and like half a mile behind me, there's a there's a big forest. So I literally just go and walk. You know, two three mornings a week. Just get out and do a couple of miles in the morning because otherwise I just feel sluggish, mm. and I, I you know the, the 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 mental and that's mentally you know yeah. I don't feel yeah, yeah. like I'm as as switched on as, as possible. And there's um, there's a really interesting book called In Praise of Walking, which goes into uh, the you know the biomechanics of of how all of that relates to mental mm-hmm. awareness and you know there, there was a there was a really interesting photo i saw of uh, it was a scan of brain activity uh, uh, before and after 20 minutes of walking and on on the right on the left hand side was before and it was just kind of blues and then on the ne- on on after 20 it was kind of lit up like a christmas tree and it was just it was really really interesting to me because you know i, I struggle to get a couple of thousand steps done a day otherwise um Whereas before, certainly when I was working in London, that would be 12, 12 and a half, 13,000 steps quite comfortably, um, which for me is about five or six miles. So, yeah, got to watch the got to watch the middle. Yeah, I mean, <clears> I, say. I've noticed Monday to Friday, I've probably done, if I had a step counter, it would be really, really low. 
so I'm not. I'm kind of sitting in my, my spare my spare room in front of the computer most of the day. So that's why I love playing golf. I get to go out and play golf in the beautiful countryside. It's about a seven mile walk out in the fresh air. Um, and if I'm not playing golf, then I do kind of I, I don't get the kind of buzz from it. And if I if I don't play golf for Saturday or Sunday for like a whole weekend, I can tell on the Monday I'm feeling a little bit like. Oh. It's good for the soul for me to go and play golf to get out mm. and walk for the fresh air. And I think you need to, you definitely need to have something that you can look forward to and feel good about. So, yeah, exercise is it always a good thing, I think. So we're coming to the end of uh, of our session, and I guess my f- final question for you would be, what what one thing could someone do to to kind of level up or or, or take control of their of their career? Uh, do do you think? Great question. Um, so I learned a, a very valuable lesson from my big sister. She was um, she used to be on the radio and television, and she always used to tell me, Gregor, you need to network. So network in the job that you're in. Network with your people that, who would do the same things as you. So when I used to work at the, the bank, there was 300,000 people there, and I always used to try and find people who I looked up to, I could learn from, and maybe, maybe even potentially go and work with in a different team. So I think I think leveling up um, is important, but I think networking is a good step for that. So I have tried to network as much as possible on social media, kind of get to know the people who build Azure, who talk about Azure, the Azure advocates, all that kind of thing. So I think that's a very valuable lesson is, is networking as much as you can, because you'll open up doors that you never knew existed. I've certainly had that happen to me just by meeting people, talking to people, getting friendly with people. Um, yeah, I think networking is, is key, certainly been key for me in my career. Well, thank you very much for, for, for coming for coming and, and, and talking to us all today. Um, and I, I, I detect a certain enthusiasm and excitement uh, in you today that possibly wasn't there yesterday after an event last night that might might have gone well for you. Oh, yes. Scotland finally qualified for the Euros. <laughs> so um, first time in 22 years that Scotland's qualified for a football event, so... Beyond, beyond delighted. I was, on, I was on the edge of my seat, biting my fingernails during the penalties. But yeah, so happy days. I just, I just saw just occasional tweets from you last night, and I was sitting there going, <laughs> "What the hell is?" Oh, okay, there we go. Yep, lovely. Watching the football. Yeah, I mean, um, Scotland, Scotland don't do things easily. Football wise, we were winning with one minute to go, and then they equalised, so it went to extra time, which was very nerve wracking. I went to penalties and we saved the last penalty to win. So we're finally going to a football event. Um, first time in 22 years, as I said before. So it's been a long, long time. <laughs> well, you you can be happy for two things now because you, you managed to get through half an hour with me. Uh, so, uh, so, yes. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, hugely appreciated. And, um, and I will look forward to speaking with you again in the near future. Thank, thank you for having me on, Will. Much appreciated. Thank, take care. So over the last uh, 20 years or so, uh, I have spoken to, as part of my job, I've interviewed tens of thousands of people. And I've spoken to senior people, I've spoken to junior people, people whose careers are on the way up, people whose careers are on the way down. And I think that that what has become apparent, certainly to me, is that there are certain steps that you can take if you're looking to take control of your career. And what I would like to do at the end of each interview is just go through that person's experience that we've just heard and actually then start pulling out, uh, and I guess in a a sort of analysis, uh, the kinds of things that they have actually done. So the five steps 
I believe that will help you take control of your career are, first of all, knowing what it is that you want. Now, that could be an overall career plan, or that could just be knowing that, that the next role you wanted to get into is, is X. Deciding how to get there and then coming up with uh, some steps that you can do that will actually move you forwards is the second thing, figuring out how you're actually going to get there. The third thing is going the extra mile. Now, that could be throwing yourself into training. That could be um, putting yourself forward for projects, but actually making it happen yourself. The fourth thing is finding your tribe. Now, that's a bit of a weird way of saying, find the people that are really keen and passionate about the things that you are. Find them, talk to them. So go to user groups, go to meetups, um, and, uh, and, and actually start getting to know these people and building your network in that space. And finally, show your experience. If you're looking to move into a new technical area, if you're looking to move up into a new role, people are going to want to see that you can actually do that. So that could be through blogging, vlogging, that could be speaking at events. There's all sorts of things that you can actually do. So when we look at Gregor's career, what we have is somebody who didn't necessarily have a long-term plan, but who, who decided that he particularly wanted to learn uh, Azure and set himself some some relatively short-term goals. Um, the one thing that he did, which I think personally moved his career forward massively, was that moment where he decided that he was going to study for two hours every night. And he committed to it, and he really went more than the extra mile. Um, two hours every night between November and, and March, that's five months. That's a huge amount of studying. But he came out the other side in a very, very different place in terms of his career. Looking at the other areas, he was someone who's, who certainly found his tribe, who found his community. He started blogging uh, to to both give back, but also for him to be able to, to record some of the, the issues that he had been facing and fixing. And he's somebody who has massively benefited from all of those things uh, within his career. So very much uh, Gregor is somebody who, I guess, demonstrates three or four of those, those key steps. So thank you for listening to uh, my podcast. Um, it has been wonderful. I hope you got to the end anyway. Uh, if you want to listen to any of the other ones, you can go to uh, careeringoutofcontrol.com. Uh, you can subscribe there. You can also listen to uh, this podcast on pretty much any of your, your favorite podcast uh, stations. So uh, I really hope that you will join us again. Thank you.